Being Reasonable, now heard on WHUP LP Hillsborough, WCOM Carborough and WPVM Asheville. Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsborough, North Carolina. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs, and we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. On this week's show, we first speak with Stephen Rogott from the Creative Thought Center in Pittsburgh, North Carolina. He discusses his belief in extrasensory perception and psychic phenomena. Next, we speak with Betty as she discusses her belief that God is now. But first up, let's meet with Stephen Rogott from the Creative Thought Center in Pittsburgh, North Carolina. Maybe we should discuss what you mean by psychic phenomena. The sixth sense, or second sight, if you will, first time I realized that something was different was actually when I was like nine years old or something, and I heard people think, which to a nine-year-old, that's not, uh, that doesn't really endear you to a lot of other people. Uh, it's sort of, and who are you going to talk to about it anyway? And what do you mean by hear people think? If I ask a question, I'd hear the answer in my head. Usually, lots of times in their tone of voice, I'd hear their thoughts, and then they'd say, then they'd say out loud the answer that I already knew. So you'd hear them talk in your head before they had... Before they voiced it. So you're hearing their... Their thoughts. thoughts. Right. Their thoughts, which is great if they then say what they're thinking... But if they don't say what they're thinking or what I already heard, then that can cause some conflict, doubts, a lot of self-doubt, basically. You know, growing up with that, uh, as a teenager especially, who are you going to talk to about it? And I just closed it down totally. Um, Closed it down totally. And then I got into um, Buddhism. And they said, oh, well, you know, with this meditation, you might find yourself more sensitive or more intuitive or uh, more uh, in tune with the environment or other people. But really ignore that since that's not on the mystic's path. And then I, and then I got into heavy-duty Hinduism. I was Hinduism first, but the same message there. Well, this is spiritual path. Uh, so this meditation and this practice might make you more sensitive, uh, more psychic, if you will. But don't pay attention to that, because it's not really on the, the spiritual path. On a scale from one to seven, 
Uh-huh. How confident are you that your belief in psychic phenomena is true? Seven's pretty good. I'll go 6.95 just so I don't seem okay. a little overboard. But That's fine. Seven, I, I believe in it. I don't know that it's true. Yeah, I know it's true. On a scale from one to seven, how important is it for you to believe in things that are true? I'm going to go with 6.95 again. So yeah. it's very, so pretty well, close to seven on both sides. Well, you know, but if lying to myself, if it works, then I'll do it. What the heck? How do you know mm-hmm. it's true? If I see it outside of myself with another person, for instance, as I was talking, if I hear somebody's thoughts and then they say the same thing, you know, a second later, then I might know that's true. So personal experience. Personal experience. You know, and then the question is, well, did I think at first and they picked it up from me, or did they think at first and I picked it up from them? But it doesn't matter. It's because it's still the interconnectedness between people. Is personal experience, in a general sense, a reliable way to know whether something is true? Uh I would have to say, to me, my first thought was that's the only way, but that's a little bit overboard. To me, it's the only important way. How do you mean? Because it affects my life. It it allows me to believe in something that guides my life. It allows me to make sense out of a real confusing world. Allows me to make sense of other people's feelings, other people's reactions, and maybe my responses to them. For example, I, to me, I think everybody is psychic. Everybody. You're constantly picking up on other people's feelings, thoughts, uh, getting pictures, whatever else. And sometimes, uh, if we're getting that constantly, sometimes we pay attention to that, and sometimes we don't. So maybe we should clarify some terms here, because sometimes I think I have a sense of what someone's going to say, Mm -hmm. or have a sense of where the discussion may lead to next. When it happens, I'm not thinking of it in terms of psychic phenomena. I'm thinking in terms of how our brains work. And I'm trying to understand what is the extra special sauce of psychic abilities that I'm not, might not be seeing. Well, it sounds like you're already seeing it, but you're putting it into a, an understandable compartment that it's normal. I might have a sense of this. I might have a sense of this. When it pans out or when you're right, when that sense is right, more often than not, then that's a pretty good sense of whether that was accurate or not. And if you start getting that sense oh, like three-quarters of the time, oh, I knew that was going to happen. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. Oh. When it happens to you, See? where do these abilities come from? Where, what is the mechanism that makes it work? One is sensitivity. I don't know if it's anything in the brain that makes that work. Like, I I can be aware of your body language, and that's not necessarily psychic 
But if I can notice, like when I hear people think, or when I get a message, it's in a certain tone of voice. When I get a picture, it's sometimes in a flash or a feeling, and I've trained myself that that tone of voice or that picture or that feeling, if it comes in that way, you pay attention. So noticing feelings in a certain way or noticing flashes in a certain way, that does not occur in the brain. The brain, brain, I, I don't think so. Where does it occur? I think we're holistic beings. So and just if you, um, I mean, blind people can be taught to, to actually see through their skin. Okay, they or they can see with sound, and you know they're using radar or sonar these days. And it's like I watch a cat walking through basically a minefield, and their back legs don't touch anything. What's that about? That's a sensation that's coming through the body itself. So the brain, I think, organizes those sensations, and the brain can recognize which sensations. Uh, to pay attention to or to ignore or whatever else. But does it come through the brain? I want to give an example. I was uh, walking with somebody once. I think it was New York City. I was crossing the street with a woman, and she said, oh, well, thank you for avoiding that crazy guy in the in the tree. And I wasn't even aware consciously of the crazy guy in the tree. I looked, and there's a crazy guy in that tree hanging upside down and babbling or whatever else. My body steered us away from that. Now, I don't think that's the brain. So when your body steered you away from that scenario, that situation, your brain was not involved in the decision-making? Not that I know of. I think it was my body. Of course, it's my brain. That's why I say compartmentalizing and making sense of it. So when you say it was your body, what do you mean? It avoided the situation without thinking. Do people's bodies work independently of their brains? I think it can. I think it can. If we get the thoughts, the mental gymnastics out of the way. To me, it's helping someone get the brain out of the way. If you were walking uh, down the street and someone was hanging upside down in a tree, and just for the sake of argument, your brain vanished. And the rest of your body was there, but your brain had vanished. Would you still be able to avoid that situation? Would you still be able to go on down the street? Would things function as normally as you say, and with you avoiding that person, or would a different scenario happen? Well, this is assuming my body would still work without a brain in gear. Yes. And yes, I, my body, I would still avoid that situation unless my brain or my mind, unless my thoughts got in the way. Would your body work in any way without your brain, do you think? That's a tough one. No, I don't. So I don't think so. So, well... Would you rather have a belief that helps you make sense out of the world, or would you rather have a belief 
that is objectively true and real? Uh, well, uh, I don't think there is anything objective or real because that's just a belief in what's objective or real. So it's a subjective belief. There are pens in that cup there behind you. Uh-huh. There is either an even or odd number of pens in that cup. Could we agree that there is an objective truth there? There is an objective truth to that. Okay. Yes. So we can agree that there are objective truths. Yes. However, if one of them disappears, how does that work into... So if one of the pens disappeared, then the new objective truth would be, instead of an even number or odd number, been... the opposite would be. And that would be still yes. be the objective truth for both of us. Well, then what does that mean about the objective truth five minutes ago when there was an even number instead of an odd number? Right. So my point is, is that there will be an even number. Yes. And if someone takes one away, there will be an, an odd, odd number, number, regardless if we're living, regardless if we're in the room, regardless if we're in a different state. Well, and I think that's important if we're going to live down here on the earth. We need the objective reality. Yeah. So back to our example, with the belief in psychic abilities, would you rather believe in something that helps you make sense of the world and see things in less chaotic ways? Or would you rather see the world in ways that are more objectively true? I, it's a matter of perspective. I would rather see things that make sense of my world. If a person believes in something that is objectively true, that there is shared evidence for that uh -huh. belief, for example, with the number of pens, are we then talking about objective evidence for something we think? I look for objective evidence of what I think. If I think something and then I see the objective evidence of it, then that firms up my belief. Is there objective evidence for your psychic abilities? Uh, for mine, you know, you got me. I haven't been tested for that. I, I know that there are machines that can, you know, um, measure the brain waves and the alpha waves. And, and I, I think we're in an exciting path here in science and neurological science and the brain studies of the brain because I actually feel, subjectively thinking, I actually feel like they're going to get the objective proof, the objective documentation of thoughts sharing thoughts or sharing impressions of that psychic reality. So regarding future possible objective testing concerning the truth value of psychic abilities, would a good default position be, I believe in psychic abilities until this testing shows positive or negative, or is the correct default position I choose not to believe in psychic abilities until this future objective testing shows positive results. Well, just because you believe in the psychic abilities doesn't make it true, and just because you don't believe in them doesn't make that true either. So where should someone lie before the evidence comes, do you think? 
on my side of the fence. The grass is greener on my side of the fence. No, um, to believe, I, I guess it's a belief in the unknown and the belief in the mysteries. And I don't want to know everything. And I'm not going to wait until there's objective proof to say, I know this is true. Uh, I'm just not going to wait for that. I, I might be long dead and gone before that. You know, there's also a saying, and it could be, could be totally crazy. I don't care. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Mm-hmm. That's objective reality. And then there's the other saying, I'll see it when I believe it. And now that's not based on any objective reality at all. What about the saying, I won't believe it until we can see it? I pity the fool. (laughs) I, I think that those people are robbing themselves of a lot of sensations. How do you mean? That they might not notice when something extrasensory, other than the five senses, when extra something extrasensory happens. We continue our conversation with Stephen Rogat from the Creative Thought Center as he discusses his belief in psychic phenomena coming up after this short break. Astrology, graphology, phrenology, numerology, phlegiology, extrasensory, colonic hydrotherapy, book remedies, color therapy, exobiology, baromenology, parapsychology, synchronicity, alternate historical chronology, homeotherapy, ufology, Reiki energy, fumin lunacy, cryptozoology, reflexology, irreducible complexity, prophecy, hypnotherapy, symbology, kinesiology, healing magnets, analysis, near-death experiences. Twinkie can last forever. Seared steak captures moisture. Sugar causes hyperactivity. Lemmings die from suicide. The color red enrages bulls. Bats are blind. Cancerless sharks. Worm becomes two when cut in half. Don't wake up a sleepwalker. Don't swim right after eating. Don't swallow chewing gum. Don't run without stretching. Vitamin C will prevent a cold. Shaving causes hair to grow.
How about a thought experiment? And we'll use something controversial. Okay. Let's suppose we live in a country called Americastan. Americastan? Yes, as a thought experiment. I like that land. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> Half the people in Americastan believe that vaccines work and they are necessary. And these people can cite information. Numerous studies. Oh, yeah. Can, can cite pre presumably mm -hmm. information sure. that would support that belief. Let's suppose the other half... That's great. I hope it works for them. Yeah. Let's suppose the other half of the country does not believe vaccines work and they do not believe vaccines are safe. And let's say they can cite information that supports their beliefs. Their belief. At that point, it seems to find out that information would be rather important and rather relevant for today. For some people. What could we do at that point to find out what's true and real? Nothing. Nothing we can do. Nothing on the face of the earth. Well, you know, if you've got some studies to say that the vaccines work and some studies to say they don't work and which one is real, that's why I say it's a matter of which one we want to give our attention to. Any judgment calls we can make as far as where studies are coming from, who's doing the studies, the way they conducted the studies, yes, how many people were in the studies, the the manner of the, but the biases like they ruled we'll, out of the studies. But I feel like we'll look for the proof or the support that supports our belief. So you're saying is that sometimes we have beliefs and we go out looking for information that yes. supports our beliefs. Yes. That happens to me. I'm going to tell Everybody. you. Everybody. That Everybody. happens to me. And, and when it happens to me, I stop myself if I, if I, if I think it's happening. And I try to uh -huh. tell myself that might be happening. So in the case, yeah. of, in the case of psychic abilities, uh -huh. it, I'm not saying you do this, but it could be possible that someone who thinks they have psychic abilities looks for self-confirmation of, of, of those psychic abilities. And somebody who feels that they don't will also look for confirmation that they don't. In the case of vaccines, yes. what if we could set up certain tests where the investigators didn't know, let's say, yeah, blind. Who, the blind test, who got the vaccines, who, who didn't, didn't vaccine. and we used a lot of people in these mm -hmm. tests. And these tests were conducted using scientific methodology. Yes. And Taking into account, of course, the placebo effect that has, it's a person's belief. And, and these <laughs> tests would account for that as well. Yeah. They'd have a placebo arm of a study uh -huh. that they were performing. Could we run a test to your satisfaction that you would look at those results and say, hey, I'm willing to believe this. I'm willing to revise my belief. I'm willing, I'm willing to say this is true. That'd be a tough one because I'd be looking for the studies because I'm not really, I'm not in favor of a lot of vaccines. I mean, some of them I'm not willing to take the risk on. I would look for ways to, again, to support my viewpoint. Would you be willing to revise your thoughts on, on vaccines if you saw a well-run study that was run to your satisfaction yes. that seem to show a certain result. I might be. 
I'm not going to say definitely because I'm not there yet, but I might be. In other words, there's no way, there's no way I'm going to get the flu shot. But I'm, uh, I'm going for the single shot. If they came out with a COVID-19 shot, would you get that shot? Uh, possibly not. There'd have to be enough proof that it was safe. And if you saw a study that was run to your satisfaction that this study shows, and it rooted out the biases that we've discussed... Then I'd probably look for other studies that, to discount that. If I didn't believe in it, I'd seek the support from my viewpoint, which could be totally irrational. Well, not irrational. Um, delusional. <laughs> so you're telling me it's more important yeah. to find self-confirmation for your beliefs than to find whether your belief is true. Yes. Yes. Which means I could be totally lying to myself. And if it makes me feel better, I'm going to go for it. I could be totally lying to myself. Uh, getting back to, you know, here's, here's an example. I mean, ghosts. They, do people believe in ghosts or not? If they, is there an object of study of ghosts? Well, we know it's psychokinetic energy or electrical energy or whatever else, but I do ghost clearing. It works more than nine out of ten times where a person's problems disappear. Do I absolutely know that ghosts are real? No way. But I talked to them. And it's helpful. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you that they're real. Can believing in things, in a general standpoint, yeah. believing in things that make one feel better and they're comforting is that a good enough reason to believe in something i think so the worst you could do is die i mean that's pretty bad as far as the worst um sounds pretty bad <laughs> sounds pretty bad but because in the case of the vaccines if half the country makes a wrong decision based on poor information or just on belief itself, uh -huh. that could cause a big problem. And in the example of what's going on today, let's say with COVID-19, if half the country makes a poor decision in either way, uh -huh. that could be quite a bit of mortality. Yes, it could be. So you're still saying that Believing in something, mm -hmm. even though there's no potential evidence for, yes. that's good enough. For the most part, yes. Yes. I, I mean, there's, you know, when we're talking about the vaccines, there's some religious groups that don't believe in vaccines. And, and there's even been instances where the court has forced or the like a person to get medical treatment or whatever else, well, totally going against that person's beliefs because science has said that this person needs this medical treatment. 
and without it, they're going to get sick or they're going to die. Well, what happens if the person doesn't get the medical treatment and still lives? Now, is that a miracle, or is that the person's beliefs, or is that just chance? What else have I got this lifetime except my beliefs? What I, if, if believing in objective reality and the proof makes a person feel better about them being in the world, then I totally support them on that. With that person who goes through the world believing in things that they have demanded evidence for, that they believe in objective truths that can be shown to be objectively true, what are they missing? A whole lot of the, we can sense things that aren't necessarily proven to be true, and I can sense I, I, I don't know, I don't even care if it sounds crazy or not. I mean, I can sense the spirit in that plant. I can sense this. I can, if I ask myself a couple of times, you know, then I could see your aura, then I could, or I could see your magnetic field, or, or do some um, intuitive medical diagnosis, or I could, uh, I mean, People hate to play bridge with my wife and I because we send telepathic messages all the time and they just hate it. Why? Because it's happened enough times that they didn't believe it at first, but after a year they're saying, wait a second. Okay. And after another year they're saying, can you teach me? Do you think that you are living a richer life because of the beliefs you have in, say, psychic phenomena as opposed to someone who doesn't believe in it? My judgment is that they're missing. That they're missing? That they're missing things. How many times has it happened when you hit the brake and slow down and three seconds later you see a cop sitting on the side of the road and you say, oh, I'm glad I slowed down. That's, that's some of that psychic or intuitive thing that I'm talking about. Are you saying that people who have psychic abilities get less speeding tickets than people who don't? Well, I've had a couple of them. But I've missed a couple because I've hit that break. It depends on if we give that credence or not, if I ignore it, if I discount the impression that I get. Then, then yeah. And then I'll probably get that speeding ticket. If I discount that part of my body that's pulling me across the street away from that crazy guy from hanging from the tree, if I discount that, then I'll just walk close to that tree. How was this conversation for you? It was pretty good. I, you know, I, I think that you brought up a lot of points that are not definable, the belief in the object of reality and how do we prove that and what good does it do to not believe in the object or not give it credence or not give it importance. If people don't pay attention or discount like the extrasensory perception, 
they can live a fine life, and it just might be richer if they would rain dance every now and then. Uh, whether there's objective proof or not, it just doesn't matter. I So you're saying whether rain dances cause rain to happen more frequently doesn't matter? You know, I don't think so. We hold a conversation with Betty as she discusses her belief that God is now. Coming up after this short break.
God is now. God is now. Now. He is the eternal now. And I came to that uh, through theological training. Um, and then finally realizing that I could no longer accept some man in the clouds or woman in the clouds who, you know, controls everything. Uh, but the one thing that we cannot capture is now. Like now is gone. Now is gone. Now is gone. Right. But it's the thing that keeps us in existence. I don't understand yet, but I will. So maybe you can tell me just a little more what you mean. By God is now, mm -hmm. I think I understand the concept of there really not being a now in the sense that I'm talking to you and my perception of you comes to me via my senses, via, via mm -hmm. light. Right. And so my, and then it travels up my neural pathways to my brain. So my sense of what you're doing is behind of what you're actually doing. Right. So I understand that concept, if that's what you mean. That's exactly what I mean. But I'm trying to understand how that is God. I think it's as much God as the man theory or the, the God figure theory. Uh, to me, now is what holds us in existence, which is what God is to me. It's the power that holds us in existence. Do we need a God for that? I think so. Why? Uh, because I think without now, we would fall apart. We might not be. The premise is, is that now mm -hmm. is a God. Now is God, not a God, but God. It's the power. It's the power that drives the universe. Why can't we have a power in a universe mm -hmm. and that power not be a God? I think it's just semantics. Okay. I could call it the power. Okay. Or the engine that drives the universe. Yeah. But in our in my own terminology, in what I know of the universe, the only thing that captures that is now. Sure. I'm not an astrophysicist. I mean, I know a lot of things. Yeah. And I'm just thinking if they were to describe what you're saying mm -hmm. in the sense of now, mm -hmm. I could see them using scientific language and not evoke a God. And I'm trying to understand right. where, is it just the word you're just choosing to use to describe this and they're using a different word? I think that's probably it. I think from, from my background, which actually has been very religious, um, to me, God has always been whatever holds us in existence. And so to a scientist, that might be some energy of some kind. And to me, it is some energy. I don't see God as a personal being. Can this energy be measured? Is it? Or I don't think so. So this energy is supernatural energy. Yes. It's whatever caused the Big Bang. And from that Big Bang is continuing to hold us in existence. And I'm not saying that this is the case, but if a scientist was sitting next to you, and they could explain to you, to your satisfaction, how different energy forces work in the universe mm -hmm. and how that wouldn't require a supernatural being. Mm -hmm. Would that be fine with you and not have to evoke the concept of something that is not measurable, or is there something else you're saying? 
I think it would be fine with me, and I think I'd still think of it as God. Okay. To me, it would still be in some way supernatural because I don't think anybody can nail down how we began, how the universe began. I'm not sure there's an explanation for that. How do you know this is true? I don't. That's the matter of belief. What is your confidence that you're, the confidence level of this belief being true? I think on a scale of one to 10, it's probably a nine. Okay. And how important is it for you to believe in true things? Would you probably say? nine. So it's very important for you to believe in true things. Mm -hmm. And you believe that this is true. True. <laughs> and when I ask you why you believe this, mm -hmm. you say, Hmm. I believe it because I believe there is, for lack of a better word, a supernatural energy that holds us together. And this is the only way I can explain it. Can it be measured? No. If it can't be measured, mm -hmm. how do we know it's real? We don't. It's simply my belief. Should anyone believe something? that can't be shown to be either have evidence for or shown to be false? If it can be shown to be false, then yeah, it's no longer a belief. It it's knowledge. Right. But should we believe in something that can't be shown to be false? And also, should we believe in something that there doesn't seem to be evidence for to believe? I think so. Why? Well, belief is uh, a leap. It's not knowledge. It's not, it's not facts. It's not true or false. It's what, you, what your conviction is, what your belief is. And it's a leap of faith, basically. Why make mm -hmm. that leap of faith? I think because I need to be a religious person. Why? It gives meaning to my life. So you're saying that if you were not a religious person, you wouldn't have meaning to your life? Mm, I would, but it might be less giving. I've toyed with that. In fact, I've, I've tried to be an atheist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the best I could be was an agnostic. And then finally I realized, you know, if there is an energy, that is God. And the only way I could describe it is the now. Religion gives you meaning in life. Mm -hmm. And it helps you to be more giving. Have you ever known an atheist or come across an atheist? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're very giving. They're very kind. They're loving people. How do we explain their behavior, would you say? I really don't know. They're finding something else. Uh that's important. Right. But it may not, it doesn't have to be God. For me, it's, it's God. You've known atheists, it sounds like, and mm -hmm. it seems the ones you've known have been giving and they've been caring for others. Probably more than I am. <laughs> okay. And I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. Mm -hmm. If their behavior... Mm -hmm isn't motivated from God, what do you think? I think everybody has 
their own motivations. And a lot of it has to do with upbringing. And I think some of it has to do with genetics. Um, my background is, you know, Lutheran, Catholic, and then nothing <laughs> except God. Um, and other people's backgrounds, they don't have the religion, but they have other things. They simply have basic human values that are very positive. If you woke up tomorrow morning mm -hmm. in this belief about the now and how it relates to a belief mm -hmm. about a God, mm -hmm. if that were to vanish, mm -hmm. would your life change? Would you be the same person? Would you be happier? Would you be more miserable? Would you have more anxiety, less anxiety? Would you see the world differently? Would, would anything change? I think I'd be very disappointed. Um, and I'd probably go in search of another, another answer to God. You'd be disappointed. Mm -hmm. How so? Because I really believe that God is the now. Right. But that's the, kind of the fun thing about beliefs, you know. What's that? You can believe something that there are no facts for. You don't know whether it's true or false, but it's simply a belief. Why do you think people believe things that there are no facts for? I think somehow it nurtures them. Are you see saying that there's an emotional benefit to the belief? I think so. Is an emotional benefit to a belief a good reason to believe in that belief? No. Not if that's the only thing. Not if it's harmful. A lot of people believe in harmful things. No. You've obviously thought a lot about this. I have. You ask some really good questions. Now I'm going to go home and think about this again. <laughs> How do you feel like this conversation went? It was very interesting for me. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Because most people don't want to talk about this. They don't. Uh -huh. That's right. And so to have questions asked, you know, things I hadn't really thought about before. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon. And you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week.
Now that's what I call funky. Enjoy funk.
something is complete Guess it's better than something Something's better than nothing Cause something is what something is complete Guess it's better than something Something's better than nothing Cause something is what something is Just your average no good